You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome back to Hour 3. Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Tony Sincata, Pico Sidori, Trivia Wizard slash producer, keeping us flying straight. So we uh, did a couple hours on the Super Bowl. Hopefully you were entertained. And uh, if you missed any part of it, Tony, our, they, our listeners can always uh, find this on demand, right? They just uh, they can download the uh, the app, which I, that's yeah. how I listen to the station, uh, our network, most of the time. But there's lots of different ways. Yeah, there's lots of ways. The way I do it is I have a smartphone, right, yep. which uh, most people have these days. As opposed to a stupid And phone, it yeah. says it has a little icon that says podcast. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I go to iTunes and I subscribe. And there then every time the show's done, bang, it goes right to your phone. You get mm-hmm. a little alert. You say, oh, the guys were on. And then you listen to the show. It's I like it. That's yep. the way I do it. Yep. Uh, maybe I'll try that, but I, I downloaded the uh, FNTSY uh, radio app. And, yes, uh, yeah, that's another good way to plug do it. Plug in and, and listen all the time. See, we've got many ways, so there's mm-hmm. no excuses not to bring your A game. That's right, absolutely. So uh, I wanted to switch gears, uh, talk some baseball, and uh, after uh, the Super Bowl, we're going to be full-blown. I mean, we've been starting to prepare. We've been doing mock drafts. We've been writing articles for the Roto Experts uh, in terms of baseball. Just in general, um, just before we even get to the fantasy aspect of it, what do you think about baseball in general? I mean, uh, Travis Sawchick from Fangraphs tweeted out he's, uh, an interesting stat in terms of teams spending $2.4 billion on free agency in 2015-2016 offseason. But so far, uh, there's only been $746 million spent this offseason. What do you think's going on? Oh, I think it's pretty obvious <laughs> that the owners have uh, decided they were going to keep salaries down mm-hmm. and no one's going to jump. Now, here's the thing, though. These people are rich guys, and some of them make some really bad decisions in the name of competitiveness. Like, mm-hmm. you buy a team, and you're you you know you're wealthy and stuff, but you, you, ha- you have competitive juices, right? Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. want to win, and you want to... I think once you is signed, I think everything's going to kick off. Like, I really think that's the, the key, mm-hmm. that he's going to get some crazy contract, probably from the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and then Jake Arrieta's going to get one, and I think it'll be back to normal. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you think that it, Darvish is hands and above uh, a, a better pitcher at this stage than Arietta? I mean, yeah, I yeah. think it's not even close. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what I think is that you Darvish, of course, had the injury two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Tommy the, John. Yes, t- surgery. Yep. So then the first year back, what happens is. You actually become a little stronger, mm-hmm. but you see the whip on these pitches rise, and their control becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. And then this year, I think you still have the velocity, but then you get the improved um, control, whip, mm-hmm. and control, mm-hmm. and the pitches start feeling it. And I think, yeah, I think he's going to have a big season. Yeah. And I'm, I'm liking where he goes in drafts. I actually picked him in our in our mock draft as my third pitcher mm-hmm. as I went pitching heavy, and I got three stud strikeout guys mm-hmm. and. I had no anticipation picking another pitcher, but I, when I got there, I'm like, if you went after pitching early and someone leaves a guy, that two things could happen. The guy that pitches the most innings in baseball could be him because he's been a workhorse in the past when yeah. he's there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a stat now that you guys have to pay attention to. Innings pitched is something you didn't have to pay attention to before because it's not a category. It's not a category. But the bottom line is your whip in ERA, if a guy pitches 220 innings as opposed to a guy pitches 150, that's That's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, So no matter what those stats are, you're not truly getting the same measure from each of these guys. No, that's definitely a a good point. Uh, And it's a different game. 
uh, in terms yeah, of yeah, huge yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to pitching in terms of uh, you know like average in- innings pitched uh, per game by a starter uh, back in uh, 2011 it was six and uh, now it's five and a half doesn't seem like a big deal but when you you know that's just an average so uh, wins by starters that's a half. A, that's a half, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a half an inning. Yeah. There's 162 games in a year. Yeah. So now we're at you know 81, mm-hmm. or there's 185 days in a baseball season. Right. So that gets me to 90 something. Yeah. So it adds up. Yeah. Uh, to put it another way, in 2011, the number of starters who averaged six innings per start was 90. That's in 2011. 90. 2017, last season. Forty-three. That puts it into a better perspective, I think. It's it, and it, it's going to go that keep going that way because what's happening now in the world is that we're signing middle relievers to yeah. big contracts. Look, look what happened in December. The whole month of December was just teams shoring up the middle relief. And we get we we're taking guys. This is what was never done before. We're taking guys from the minors, right? Mm-hmm. And we're grooming them right from like you in the majors you're going to be a guy that pitches in the sixth or seventh inning that was never done before ever right basically what happened is if you were a great pitcher you were a starting pitcher mm-hmm. then guys that were great pitchers that maybe got hurt or couldn't have any stamina they would ended up being closers yeah and then everything left over was a middle reliever now andrew miller is a middle reliever and might be the you know the most uh, talented pitcher in baseball right Absolutely. And you you bring up uh, the point of, of some pitchers having to move to be a closer. One of the most successful, Dennis Eckersley, right? <laughs> you know, he was yeah. a guy, yeah. Um, so basically, I mean, uh, I, I think at this stage, we can't neglect middle, middle relievers that have the, the high caper nine and the good whip and the ERA. They're going to help your uh, fantasy team. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think it's two ways to look at it. They're going to people that will argue me with me. Oh, they can only help you. They can't help that much because they're going to get anywhere from 55 to 65 innings. Mm-hmm. I say, okay. We already talked about starting pitchers innings being down, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not as big of a uh, innings that it used to be at one point. Mm-hmm. And secondly, what, you, what you're doing by using these pitchers is you're actually – preventing yourself from putting a pitcher on your roster that will hurt you. Mm-hmm. There are people you can right. put on your roster that will hurt you. Yeah. ERA, if I go back five years ago, just five years ago, there was no teams in fantasy baseball if you were in a 12-team league with an ERA over four. Mm-hmm. Last year, I'm in an NFBC league. There was only three teams with an ERA under four. That's in just in five years. There are pitches that will hurt you. I have a thing where I don't want anyone on my team with a whip over one point three zero. That's like I, I like I try to protect my whip is what I call it, and then the rest of the stuff falls in the line. Yeah, and it's hard to do these days. Yep, no, I agree. Um, we're going to get more into what would you know the nitty gritty of, of, of fantasy, and then we'll take a look at our uh, mock draft up to this point. Um, but just I'm starting to get a little worried, Tony, because I'm seeing that there's a, a the the players and the and the um and the ownership there's kind of like uh you know we we've lived we're old enough to have seen a couple of yeah. baseball strikes and yeah. uh it looks like there's some bad blood uh escalating and uh you know Tony Clark I think he's the uh, the players representative right he, and he, he put out a statement he said for decades free agency has been the cornerstone of baseball's economic system and has benefited players and the game alike each time it has been attacked players their representatives and the association have united to defend it it's almost like fighting words you know and he said uh, oh, he ended up with saying that will never change and but here's the thing like we like we're not gonna they're not gonna get any sympathy from people right I mean, yeah. you want a typical think about guy it. or gal that uh, travels, you know, an hour and a half away from home to go to their daily job. They're not going to have any uh, sympathy for a baseball player. What's the minimum salary these days in baseball? <laughs> oh, I think it's four hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is, comparative to what the guys in the uh, NFL without the guaranteed contracts, yeah, like they they have the best union, they have the best deal, and they're still bitching. Right. Right. Uh, well, one of the biggest issues right now is the uh, the owners are pushing for pace of 
play uh, concessions. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the, the state of baseball in terms of of uh, that issue? I'm looking here. You know, 1950, right? Um, we weren't born, of course. Uh, the average game was two, yeah, two hours and 38 minutes, right? 1977, it moves up to two hours and 55 minutes. 1997, 2.94, uh, uh, um, no, uh, and then last season, three hours and five minutes. I don't get it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, like, here's the thing. I don't think it's a problem because I, I guess I'm a baseball fan. And I think one of the beauties of baseball is there's no clock. And it is what it is. I'd mm-hmm. go and watch a doubleheader if they right. would schedule them. Um, but it seems like it is a general, generational thing. Yes. And that's where they're trying to clock it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's dumb. I think it's crazy. But I think it's dumb for the players to make it an argument. Right. I mean, if, if, if there's studies and research that show this is a problem, you're supposed to be partners with the ownerships. Mm-hmm. And you should be doing whatever makes your game better. Because I'll tell you what, you do have a problem. Because I go all the time. When I grew up, there was ballparks. And kids were playing every day. And I played baseball every day of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone playing baseball anymore. Yeah, that's that. That is very true. I, you know, I, I have kids, and to me, it seemed like the the most popular sport, the two most popular sports that kids were playing, was soccer and basketball. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. That you know, little league was still a big thing, uh, still is, but uh, there's a lot more competition, uh, not only for physical activity, but for people staying at home and 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 you know, just uh, so uh, interacting socially. You know. The uh, electronic, uh, you know, uh, stuff that they have uh, available to them. What do you think about some of these changes that are being thought about, though? Uh, there was one I was reading this week, having a runner on second base in extra inning games. That's, I, I, that's, that's a little. <laughs> it, it, when I first heard it, it was the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life, right? <laughs> right. But then I thought about it. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> It is because the strategy involved. You have yeah, a runner on second. Right. You know, a batter's yeah, going to have to. Like, you know, uh, at first push I thought the ball it was the dumbest the thing right in the world. The play- yeah, but here's the problem I have with it. I haven't got past. All right, so I, I'm like not totally against it, but I need more information. Yeah, because baseball is built on statistics more than any other sport, and that's what everybody cares about. Right. So how do, like, the run-scored statistics, how are the RBI statistics, don't they get skewed mm-hmm. when we put these guys on base to start an inning? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it, it reminds you of the way uh, they end college football games, right? See, I, I, I love that. I yeah. wish the NFL would do it. I like I, it, I would too, but uh, yeah, I guess it's two different games, right? Because, right. you know, co- uh, football is based on a clock and, and, and baseball never yeah. was. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I would say is I would do the college in the NFL, but I put the ball on the forty yard line, so you'd have to make one first down to mm-hmm. at least get a field goal shot. Right. Where they put it to twenty five, you don't even have to make a first down at the college level there. Right. But so there's two things: the RBI, the run scored, the earned run average for the pitcher, mm-hmm. like all these things that everybody you know don't want to put people in the Hall of Fame because they took drugs and now their record books are skewed. Uh, well, now we're putting guys on base. Mm-hmm. Without letting them earn it, right? Do we have? Do we increase the roster sizes so we have pinch runners? Yeah, yeah. A, a, a guy like let's say uh, Dave Roberts is the manager of the Dodgers, but you know he was a, a base stealing specialist. Yep. You know, so, so yep. maybe guys like that might be more valuable to a team and and might uh, take. Uh, yeah. Do you expand the roster maybe to what is it twenty five now? Maybe move it to twenty six so you could have this specialist, or you know you're just gonna have to work around it. If I'll tell it, you if what I would passed. do. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you what I would do, which would never happen. Never, this will never happen. I would limit every team to only using three pitchers in a game. Wow, that will never happen. You're right. Right. <laughs> and if you, if you have to use a fourth pitcher, the team gets an extra out. Wow. In that inning. That's really because changing the game. You want to talk about that's where if, if, if time is a problem, mm-hmm. that's where all the time is. We're using seven pitches in a game. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one of the things also they uh, were talking about was limiting the mound visits to six per game. That's the dumbest thing. <laughs> six is too many. Yeah. How about you just take them out? Never. Like, if you go out to the mound, you have – because here's the problem. you got to do – see, these are the problem. The pitching is the problem with these long games. Yeah. So well, I, if I take yeah. out the r- rule – 
even even if I made it zero, right? Mm-hmm. So zero. You go out, then the catcher just goes out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not the manager, and then the shortstop goes out there. Mm-hmm. Like it never ends. Yeah, I'm all for you know having a uh, pitch clock. But yeah, but it should affect not only the pitcher but the batter. You know, because the batter steps out, he fixes his glove and whatnot. They kind of yeah. cut down on that a little bit. But look, you know, basketball has a shot clock. Uh, football, you know, they have to get a playoff within thirty seconds. Come on, I, I, I'm all for uh, some kind of limit like that. But it's weird. Baseball has so many weird like rules. Like every time a ball comes close to touch of the dirt it has to be thrown out of play mm-hmm. like you can't like that that wasn't done 30 years ago <laughs> right. you think they've had like 20 dozen balls for every game no way they probably use the same ball for weeks mm-hmm. what about uh the fact that back when we were kids uh, you know like a relief pitcher would be brought into the game uh, with a car yeah that was awesome <laughs> you, know, you know i mean we had a car on the field and games were shorter and replay is not as bad in baseball as far as lengthening the game because mm-hmm. if you took replay out, you'd still have the arguments with the coach and the umpire. So it, it probably has shortened up the game replay to tell you the truth because mm-hmm. I thought they did a lot good job last year of like keeping it under twenty seconds. Yeah, well, supposedly uh, owners are kind of trying to work with this, and but they could do whatever they they want based on the uh, the, yeah. the the bargaining agreement. But uh, they said, hey, look, if a game goes to two hours and 55 minutes or less this season, then uh, they won't put a, institute a uh, pitch clock. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If I was any owner in any sport and players go on strike, I'd let them. Mm-hmm. And I'd put in scabs. Uh-oh. We saw what happened in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, we did. All right, when we come back, well get into a little uh, fantasy baseball draft strategy take a look at tony's team take a look at my team we're in the middle of the mock draft uh, for the roto experts we'll be right back with more weekend fantasy update playing daily fantasy basketball this year consider daily roto your go-to resource whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, daily roto's customizable projections podcasts strategy guides and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time with a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with Tony Cicada. And uh, we're talking a little fantasy baseball. Uh, old school player uh, passed away this week, Tony. Uh, remember Oscar Gamble? Yeah, Oscar Gamble had big hair back in the day. A little yeah. White Sox-Yankees action. Yeah, I think it was a few teams. And- was he related to Rudy Gamble? <laughs> I don't think so, but I, I believe uh, Rudy uses <laughs> uses his uh, his picture as an icon on his, uh, on oh, his Twitter feed, right? There's no relation. <laughs> I don't think so, but I guess we'll, maybe uh, we'll have to have Rudy on the, and ask him. And ask him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he was uh, a Yankee a couple of times, and I think uh, George Steinbrenner uh, made him uh, cut his hair. And I, th- and I was reading that uh, Gamble actually had like some kind of a uh, commercial agreement where uh, the hair was involved, <laughs> and uh, oh. but 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 uh, George made him uh, made him uh, shave it off anyway, and I think he made it up to him in terms of money. But uh, you know, it'd be great if we had Rudy Gamble on, yeah. and we asked him if he was related to Oscar, mm-hmm. and then once that was defined, we just hung up on him and we didn't <laughs> ask him any other questions. Okay, thanks. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that on one of your shows. Oh yeah, I would love that. Uh, uh, I don't want to insult the guy. Come gonna, on. By the way, I tell him he's part of radio history. Who else would do that? Yeah, um, yeah. So Oscar Gamble, uh, basically, uh, you know, not really a full time player, but you know, I actually met him outside of Yankee Stadium. Him and uh, Ron Bloomberg were uh, signing autographs and, and uh, uh, taking photos with fans. 
uh, both of them very, very nice guys. And uh, from all that I've heard about uh, Oscar Gamble, he, he was a good, uh, good guy. His best season uh, was for the White Sox in 77, 31 home runs, uh, 83 RBIs, and a 297 batting average. I, I was reading a little bit about him. He, he always felt that he could be a full-time player. Oh, do you think though that any part-time player, <laughs> yeah. ex- you know, uh, you know what? Uh, they, they're making a good choice. Yeah. I'm probably not the guy that needs to play full time. Yeah, I'm looking at you his right-handed, left-handed uh, splits. Pretty much equal. Two sixty-six versus right-handed pitching. Two sixty-three versus left-handing. Uh, a little bit more power versus righties. But uh, I have good memories of him uh, growing up. Uh, rest in peace, Oscar. And uh, we'll say hi to your cousin, Rudy. Rudy, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't like when baseball players die. Yeah. Uh, because especially when they're around the same age as you. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's much. He was sixty eight. He's much older than us, right? Yeah, but well, I don't know. He, he seemed he seemed younger. <laughs> he seemed energetic, right? Yeah. All right. So we're in the middle of this uh, mock draft. We're in the eighth round. It's moving real slow, and I'm sure people are a little ticked off at me because I'm on the clock. Uh, <laughs> I've been on the clock for like an hour and f- 50 minutes, 5-0. Oh, so, so you're the problem. Well, I'm, you know, I was busy. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with my buddy Tony Sincotter. Yeah, exactly. So uh, well, let's take a look at my team. All right? So uh, my, my first pick, uh, I was pick number seven, and I'm uh, sandwiched in between two uh, Stallworth uh, fantasy uh, players, uh, the all-in kid is behind me at number eight, and Joe PCP is at number six. I, I was happy that Trey Turner dropped to me. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what, it's funny. I would actually consider taking Trey Turner at number three. I think when you look at when you're putting a team together, mm-hmm. um, one of the things you want to do with that first pick is get a guy that's going to contribute in all five categories, mm-hmm. and the two guys that are going to do that. Uh, or, uh, Jose Altuve and Trey Turner. Now, the one thing you might say, Trey Turner is a little light on the home runs, but I think if he stays healthy, yeah. he gets fifteen to twenty home runs. And twenty is the you number you want at least yeah. to get there. Mm-hmm. So I would pick him as early as number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm penciling in eighteen home runs, uh, and the guy could steal forty uh, bases easily. I mean, I think he oh, did that last season. That, yeah. yeah, I was going to say last season yeah. uh, he was hurt for a bunch and still uh, stole about forty. Yeah, I, uh, I I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I'll go with him and Jose Altuve. If I can get those two guys in my drafts, I mm-hmm. get a nice start in yeah. that first round. So what, what I like, the fact that, that, like I said, it seems like the floor might be 40 steals for him. You know, steals are still going to be an issue, right? So, I mean, yeah. you know, and uh, so, you know, you like him. Uh, I've We've talked about D. Gordon. I kind of valued him a little higher this year because of uh, not only the consistency, but the multi-position eligibility. And then also you have uh, uh, Billy Hamilton, you know, that you know that you're going to get 40 to 50 steals from him as well. So uh, I have Hamilton and, and turn. I picked up Hamilton in the fourth round. I, I don't know if you think it's overkill, but uh, look. Well, that's that's here's my question. Mm-hmm. And th- this is a good lesson for people. And mm-hmm. I think this happens a lot. Yeah. I think people get cognizant of a certain category. Yeah. And then they overemphasize it. Yeah. Right. So when you look at Trey Turner and Billy, Billy Hamilton. Yeah. He you might have one and two. Yeah. In stolen bases at the end of the year. Like, it wouldn't shock us, right? Right. right. Here's the thing people have to remember. One, know your league. Mm-hmm. When I say know your league, you can do this in a trading league, and it makes perfect justification because someone's going to need steal somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. But you also know if you're in a league that there's not a lot of trades, then right. you got to be a little more cognizant of it. Right. Or a league that doesn't allow trades. You mm-hmm. got to like the NFBC, right? Right. Because here's the problem here, is that you got to remember that when you win a category, if you win by 50 points, you get 15 points. Right. If you win by one point, you get 15 points. Mm-hmm. And if you go 50 stolen bases over, I'm guessing you're going to be short on home runs. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that happens. And so you got to see how this team rounds right. out. I'm presuming um, it's a mock draft, right? So I'm presuming that this is a trade that does allow 
uh, this yeah. is a league that does allow trades. And I remember we went in a league together last year, and if you remember, like a guy like Billy Hamilton, and any anybody was looking for steals. <laughs> we were, you know, oh, remember yeah. the, the GST league? Yeah. So, so I feel that if this was a you know it's a mock draft, but if this was a real team, let's say by uh, July, once I'm comfortably you know either one, two, or three in the league in stolen bases, yep. then I put him out there, and there's going to be a lot of people clamoring for him. Remember Chris Owings, uh, the, the guy from uh, Arizona. You know, he, he might have had ten yeah. steals in the first couple months, and everybody wanted him. You know, so that, that that's my kind of. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. If you're, you're in a, a league that doesn't allow, uh, you know, trades, you know, you're right. You don't you don't want to overemphasize one particular category. See the problem. The problem is here too on on, on roster makeup. Well, the mm-hmm. problem now is you like you said you had eighteen home runs. Pencil them for Trey. Um, Trey, mm-hmm. and what do you have? Six for Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. But I have right, thirty so, from Jose Obreu and forty from Chris Davis and uh, Domingo Santana. Hopefully, uh, they uh, trade. You know, uh, <laughs> they trade somebody because I mean, Domingo Santana no, thirty home runs and fifteen uh, stolen bases last runs. year. Like, yeah. just give give him thirty home runs. Okay. right? give him thirty home runs. All right, so thirty home runs. So you got thirty. You got 48, you got 54, uh, you got, uh, you, you want 94, 124 uh, with five players. So uh, right now you're looking at 25 home runs apiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll put you there. But you got to remember, mm-hmm. those were the guys you drafted early, and you should have those numbers. Right. So you still got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offensive spots to fill. Right. Um, so it'll be close. It'll be close there because mm-hmm. you should have an abundance of whatever you're trying to, to get it because you pick these guys early. So they're supposed yeah. to be the the big guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just just this to, league's a little. Yeah. Just to let our listeners know, uh, I have a Trey Turner, Jose Abreu, uh, Jacob Degrom is my number one pitcher, uh, and uh, I think I'm going to get K's from him. I don't know. Uh, you know, in terms of and. and Pitched over 200 innings last year. Billy Hamilton, yeah. uh, Chris Davis, Domingo Santana, and uh, Luke Weaver. He's uh, you know he's oh, a question boy. mark. He's, he's a little bit of a question. He's mark. Everybody's darling though, people. If you haven't yeah. drafted yet, this yeah. guy's going to go early in every draft. Mm-hmm. Like people love him. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he has a good pedigree. He has an opportunity to to do well. But when it comes to any, uh, I guess he's still probably officially a rookie. You know, you don't want too many rookies on your team. But uh, you know, here's the problem. Here's the problem with if if you know, like with nitpicker. I mean, the guy's a first round pick. I mean, here's the problem with doing what what this is, and it's it's not really a problem when nitpicking because we're debating things and talking over. Yeah, last year. He pitched 132 innings. Mm-hmm. So I think they would close him out at like 155. In today's baseball, that might not be as big a problem as it used to be. Mm-hmm. 155. Right. Um, there, Because what happens is when guys jump, is usually when there's a chance for injury and no one takes a chance with a young pitcher of this talent. Mm-hmm. Last year, 10.74 Ks per nine. At AAA, in the same season... He only had eight point eight one. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I always get confused by these guys that pitch better at the major league level yeah, than they is, did in the yeah. minors. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing. I don't know if the strikeouts for real, but you're still gonna get eight at right. least. All right. You're gonna get eight, which is good. Right. right? It's good. He doesn't walk people. The walks mm-hmm. at two point yeah, five four. That's a great number there, especially for a young His guy. Yeah. Yep. Three point seven nine, three point eight three. So I think it's a solid pitcher we're getting here. But he's 24 years old. The mm-hmm. innings thing there. What I'm saying is, you're not getting a bargain. You got him where where he should go. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah. am I am I thrilled that my my two pitchers are Jacob Degrom and Luke Weaver? Not really. I, mean, I think I would have rather have had a better SP two. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not. You know, I think that there's an opportunity here. I mean, would I rather have him or a James Paxton who uh, went in round six? I think with Paxton and his injury history, I kind of would rather go Weaver. But now you know, that you mentioned that maybe Weaver might be capped at maybe 155, 160 innings, maybe uh, you never know. They might be closer than you think. Well, and one of the differences makers for me, too, is still the National League versus the American League. You get one less hitter there. So mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't think Weaver's a bad... Like, if he comes down to those two, I don't think Weaver's a bad play right. when he, in comparative to those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the seventh round of this draft that we're talking about, David Price went. What, what do you think about him? I'm kind of intrigued by him <laughs> because... You know, I he, just finished an NFBC draft, uh-huh. and I had him in my queue for three rounds. Like, I let him go you, yeah, three times. Yeah, you're trying times, to time it perfectly, like, right? I, I didn't know what to do with him. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. I mean... He's an old pitcher now, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen him be elite for two years. He's been in the league 10 years. Right. And last year he made the comment that, you know what, I wasn't good just because I was in relief. Um, I, I, I got everything back. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> 74 innings he, is all he pitched last year. Right. His capo tonight was 9.16. The year before, in 2016... I think many people saw it as a bad year, but he pitched 230 innings, and his K per nine was 8.92. And only walked so it wasn't nine, as yeah. bad. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as we think it was there. And I think we were we were looking at David Price maybe, and glasses here, you know, and glasses half full and situation here. But here's the thing: last year, his fastball rose two miles an hour. Yeah, that, he that, went yeah. from a 2016 92 to 94, mm-hmm. and when I look at that, that tells me that gives me explanation why he's back. Mm-hmm. Like he threw 60 percent of fastballs, but that gets to pitching one inning, mm-hmm. two innings in relief. So he just went out there and blazed the ball by people, right? right, right. Can, is he going to do that as a starter, or is he going to go back to throwing 92? Yeah, that is interesting. If I remember last year. Uh, I think the statement came out that the Red Sox had said if he was a younger pitcher, they would have recommended that he have surgery. So, so he didn't have the surgery, and, and they treated it, you know, however they treated it, rest and, and whatever methods they use. So that's kind of strange as well, no? Yeah. And I always look for a difference in pitch selection, too, as, mm-hmm. as to be a key when someone changes. Right. And the change last year was the fastball that was 94 miles an hour. He used 10% more than a changeup that he used the year before. Right. So he got through the changeup less. But again, I think that could be the difference between only pitching one or two innings as opposed to pitching five or six innings. Right, right. I agree. Uh, so let's take a quick look at your team, and then uh, you know we'll go on. Uh, so you opened up with Carlos Correa. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, you've got, like you said, you've got the, the strikeout category like sewn up already. You've got Chris Sale, Robbie Ray, and you, Darvish. That that was your uh, your next three picks after Carlos Correa. Yeah, so Robbie Ray is the interesting one to me, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing a guy that's amassing huge strikeout totals in a real hitter-friendly ballpark. And now they add... The humidor this year, and a lot of people are talking about this, and I don't know what kind of a difference it'll make. I don't even know if it'll be any mm-hmm. kind of difference, uh, because I don't even know in Colorado if it's really made a difference, right? We still see a bunch of runs scored, and we right. still see a bunch of offense there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strikeout totals from this kid, 12.11. Yeah, Control was always the issue. In 2015, at the AAA level, he had a 5.83 walk rate. Mm-hmm. Then in the majors, 3.45 in 2015. 2016, 3.67. 3.94 last year. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, even though he put all those guys on base, his ERA was 2.89. Yeah. This guy gets another year older, and he can get the ball over the plate and walk less people. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an elite pitcher. And he's 26 years of age. He's just coming into his own. So I think I get another number one by drafting him that early. Yeah. Now, I had no intention of picking a pitcher next, but I talked about Davish earlier. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not just going to leave him on the board. Uh, uh, like you said, I'll win the strikeouts now. Yeah. yeah. Get some wins from these guys and, uh, and go from there. And then um, when we come back from break, I'll tell you about the next pitcher I picked and why I did that, which is something I never do. All right, yeah, okay. Set us up. Leave the listeners in intrigue. By the way, after Darvish in this uh, draft, uh, round four, Verlander went next. Um, when you come back, you, you'll explain your next pitcher, and I'm uh, curious as to what you think uh, of Verlander this year. Uh, we'll come back with more Weekend Fantasy Update. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. You know, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. This is a great, uh, great tune. Weekend fantasy I'm update. Da- I'm Fan- not a good dancer, though. This is a good dance music. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just gotta go with the flow, you know. That's one yeah, of the things, uh, you know. If Frankie Stanford was here, he'd be boogieing all over the place. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna in my. Uh, that's my goal in my adult life. I'm gonna have to get better. Uh, I'm going to get some better dance moves. Are you going to take like, a class, like, like, or you maybe go you're going to gonna go to YouTube and watch and then imitate? Or how do you, Oh, how I do you could do that. No. I, I think I could find like an older lady that's bored and give her like 20 bucks <laughs> and teach me to dance. If she's bored enough, maybe she'll give you 20 bucks. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know that? You ever thought about that, though? Like, if if prostitution was more prevalent... More like women paying men that mm-hmm. more men. I think men would be. Oh, absolutely! Eager yeah, I know where you go. Do with that. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems like it, it, it's good part-time the way job. It is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> who needs Uber? Right. If I could get paid to have sex with women. Right. <laughs> no, no, you, you know, yeah, yeah. You don't have to work with Lyft. You don't have to work with Uber. Yeah. Yes. You know, go to Craigslist and uh, part-time evening work. <laughs> You know, uh, people would be, oh, how was your day? Oh, you know, I was with three women today. And you go, oh, sorry. Well, it's work, you know what I mean? You don't knock it unless you've tried it. Yeah, I wonder if, like, you know, like any other job, after you do it long enough, would it just get, like, tiresome to you? Like, you know, just exactly how you I, I described it? I it would, it? right? Yeah. I, I got a feeling it would, right? <laughs> I think. Like, no one realizes that. I hope people know. Like, it, it's not supermodels calling you, right. yeah. and it's, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like it's, I'm this isn't that. the movies where no, uh, no, where the dashing yeah, young man uh, is with the uh, no. w- w- with the lady of the night, and then the, the opposite way. I'm sure it would be um, uh, an elderly uh, person that can't find uh, any. Uh, well, maybe we should just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you rule out the uh, the if someone was on the like? Would you do it for a Make a Wish Foundation situation? That's an interesting point. Yeah, I'm doing it for charity, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with us? Oh boy, this is. Uh, well, I think we should get back to fantasy baseball. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. You, you want to? Why don't we? I want you to talk about uh, you had teased the uh, the next picture that you yeah. took. But before that, why don't we? Should, should I make my next pick? This way, other people can make their picks oh, yeah, too. I bet yeah, you, yeah, I bet yeah. your PCP is just waiting there, saying, "When the heck is this guy going to make his pick?" Oh yeah, he gets he gets <laughs> yeah, riled up. Some people up, man. In, in, the, in the chat room were a little upset, and I don't blame them because you know it's. I think it's what is it, a four hour clock or a five hour clock. No, it's eight. I think. No, 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 like, no. I don't no. Know. It can be eight, but I think he uh, uh, Waterloo made this a four-hour clock. So oh, yeah. yeah. So what do you? Why know, do we put people in charge that don't have any clue what they're doing? No, no. Waterloo is a good guy. He knows what he's doing. No, he's not a good. He's he might be a good guy, but he doesn't have a clue. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I am so dead opposed. I'm dead opposed to non-two-catcher leagues because it takes strategy Yeah, out. we talked about that in a, a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was a little so, surprised that it was a one-catcher league. So that that was my first problem. And then this pitching setup is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, every league I've ever played in is nine pitches. Right. Except if you play in Yahoo, where any experienced person doesn't play on Yahoo. That's the equivalent of saying you're a pool player and you play at the boys' club. Right. So you're a Yahoo guy. No, I'm not. Oh, you're not. A, I, I I'm think sorry. Yeah. Setups. 
Yeah, I think this setup's a Yahoo mm-hmm. setup. Oh, okay. Like, just put nine pitches. You yeah. can't. This is America. You can't dictate to me when I'm taking a relief <laughs> pitcher, a middle pitcher. Just, I'll pick a pitcher. What What is your favorite uh, platform to play in, Tony? I'll tell you. I think I think anything that's customizable, mm-hmm. and I think you should make it simplistic that everybody else plays. Mm-hmm. You have two catches. You have a first base. You have every infielder, corner infielder, a middle infielder, mm-hmm. one utility, five outfielders, and nine pitches, seven bench spots. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Everybody does it. All right. So who who would you take if you were me? Uh, so now, if you right now, yeah. So we, uh, this is the according to the rankings, uh, I should be taking uh, Justin Smoke, uh, Yoan Mankata. Oh who, my God! <laughs> I don't know what to do with this guy. Like thirty-eight home runs yeah. last year, two seventy. Here's the problem with Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke was a top prospect in baseball and mm-hmm. never did it. Right, right, and he was actually. He almost got cut last year by the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. He's thirty. He was thirty years old, and he hits finally hits thirty-eight home runs. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I don't know. I he, know. He's do not going to hit two seventy. Him? Yeah, exactly. There's going to yeah. be some drop off. But he's how much? Hit, but he could hit. He could hit thirty home runs in that park. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's interesting, and you have speed already, mm-hmm. so it sets up as a, a play, but. Like you said, we don't know if we trust if we trust it. Kyle Seager had an off year last year, but mm-hmm. still had 27 home runs. Uh, Trevor Story, you get some no power way. at shortstop, I say but Bren- you already. Sc- I say Brendan Rodgers would be their shortstop by the end of the year. No. See, I, uh, I, uh, it's funny you say that mm-hmm. because I have a, well, I did one of the fifty round drafts, and I have Trevor Story, mm-hmm. and I have Brendan Rodgers, and I have Pat Valakia. Yeah, smart hedging your bets. Yeah. So. And then you go down, Adrian Beltre, you're not going to take him. Mm-hmm. Mon Gonzalez, not going to take him, even though he's was, interesting after what he did last year. I'll tell you, I was thinking of him just because of that. And, he's he's and, eligible and, all over the place, and I think he's, well, he's going to— That's the thing. Yeah, he might drop off a if little bit. This is bit. a mock draft, right? right? It's yeah. a mock draft. So I don't know. Like, if we were playing in with no like the the uh, best ball leagues where we have no pickups and no trades yeah. during the year, yeah, he's, he's the perfect guy for yes. that situation because you get— coverage in all these positions. Mm-hmm. What about uh, the, the second guy that they rank, and we're using this on couch managers, by the way, Yoan Mankata. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like a little getting a little worried about him. I know he only has, you know, 251 plate appearances, but uh, batting yeah. 229, and the strikeouts, you know, the, you know, last season, 32% strikeout rate in 231 uh, plate appearance. I'm starting to get a little yeah. bit worried. And the Red Sox gave on up on him? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll have him on a single team. Mm-hmm. I think people always underestimate the transition these players have to come over to a new country, playing in a new league, having a language barrier. Like, there's a lot to get done. And these guys, especially when they're as young as this kid, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't pick this guy in a yeah. one-year league at all. Yeah, they're pushing him as like, I don't know if, right now if they are, but previously as a can't-miss prospect, and you never know. Yeah. You really don't. There was a can't-miss prospect that just uh, retired this year. What was his name? Appel? Yeah. Saw that. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. was second pick in the draft. Yeah. So the, not all mm. these uh, rookies make it. I've heard it See, said. Ian you know, Happ, I like Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. But he's not guaranteed a position. Right. And you don't know if he's going to play what do you think each about, and every day. What do you think about Lester this season? You think... Uh, I, I, like I get, I picked him as my fourth pitcher mm-hmm. uh, in the um, draft champions I did, and yeah. I think he's the perfect. So, like, he's not the same pitcher, but he pitches a ton of innings, right? And he's on a good team, All right, and I'm he's going to get him. to win. Would you take him if you were in my place? Oh, uh, if you if you go pitcher, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I um, I saw him there because I, I think let's I'm going to wait at least a round for a relief pitcher. Do you like um, Do you like Couch Potato? Or whatever this couch manager, you know I've yeah. I've done a few uh, mocks on this, so I'm kind of used to it. It's it's not bad. How about the BFFs just uh, calling everyone's I like p- the pick bad? Have you noticed that they're, <laughs> just they're very imma- the they're very they're very immature <laughs> and, and young dudes. I yeah, I think Lester's by far the best guy out of the top the group there. All right, I'm going to take him. 
this way uh, Pisapia can make his pick. So talk to us about uh, your uh, next pick. So just to confirm, right. Carlos Correa was uh, Tony's first pick, and then he went with Sale, Robbie Ray, and you, Darvish. This is uh, How many teams here? 15? Yeah. yeah. 15. Yep. So here's what I did now. If you commit to pitching, go after it. Win every category. Mm-hmm. And when you're drafting in January, early February – there's a lot of closer situations that aren't defined yet. Mm-hmm. There are closers out there in the free agent market. There's teams that are closers. Right. So, so if you're going to go thing, it makes no sense to try to win four categories and then not be prosperous in the other. Mm-hmm. So I drafted the first closer off the board, Kenley Jansen, which I never take the first closer off the board. And I'm going to make sure that I have the best pitching staff one through nine Mm -hmm. when this thing's over. And then what I'm going to do from an offensive standpoint is I'm going to pick guys with good averages. I'm going to pick guys that will steal some bases. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pick guys from good offenses and try to get some runs scored Mm -hmm. and just be competitive in those categories. And i got to dominate the five pitching categories. Uh, You know, back in the day when you talk about offense, and I guess – if this were to be uh, my team and not just a, a mock draft, I, I guess I'd be a little bit worried with uh, Billy Hamilton's batting average and Chris Davis and you know maybe even Santana. Yeah. You know they do be people always off. forget about mm-hmm. batting average when yeah. they put their teams together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and you also have like you say, know the rules, right? If it's an OBP league, you might get someone that uh, characteristically has a low batting average but is uh, very good in OBP leagues, like a Carlos Santana. But uh, yeah, there's not yeah. many. Many of those, so they they should stick out like a sore thumb. Exactly, yeah. But back in the day, I used to try to get you know a three year average for an individual ba- a batter of two eighty and up. You know, it's harder, much harder to do these days. But uh, that oh, was my. Ca- I know. forget what the league batting average is, but it's I think like, it's like in the t- mid two fifties, like two fifty four. Yeah, yeah two fifty six yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, I think mm-hmm. it is off the top of my head. So yeah. that that's that's how far the hitting has gone down. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, after uh, you took uh, Jan. Uh, so yeah, I had asked uh, after you took Darvish in that same round in round four. Yeah. Justin Verlander was the next guy to go. What do you I'll think about you, him, man? He's a tough uh, one. To as read. much as I'm perplexed with um, Justin Smoke, I'm same here. Yeah. This guy's 34 years old, almost 35. Right. And I talked about, it might have been with you, is that we were talking about, I said, there's no doubt in my mind this guy used steroids at some point in his right, career and right. turned it around. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't know how, like, this guy's dominating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking at a 15-8 season, K per 9, 9.57, ERA 3.36. Now, he was helped out by a great strand rate, almost 80%, which is uh, unjustifiable. But he's done it two years in a row. Right. Like, I get in this debate with, like, Lenny Melnick all the time. The great M- Lenny Melnick, yeah. He's the man. Le- the great Lenny Melnick. Lenny, Lenny's, Lenny's an amazing man. Yes. But uh, he's wrong on this one. I said, he says people can bear down when runners on base. I said, uh, so you're telling me they don't, they don't try hard when there's nobody on base? Come on. Uh, that, that is makes an, no you know, sense. That, that is an interesting argument in terms of you know when a player tries does does he try more when there's runners on base does he try more because he's a free agent you know I mean you know, yeah, you know like it's like all that. can bullshit, you turn that right? on and off I mean it's hard. the yeah. only thing that makes sense some pitchers pitch better out of the stretch than they do in a rotate you know out of the out of the windup right or or vice versa right so that mm-hmm. that's a legitimate argument um, so then I look at Verlander's pitch selection right. Again, he gained two miles an hour. Right. But he started the whole time, which is different than David Price, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he gained two miles an hour. So did he change any of his pitches when you look at it? And the answer is, same as David Price, he threw his change up less. Mm -hmm. He cut it in half, and he threw more fastballs. So I don't know. I'm concerned about Justin Verlander, but when you get to that point in the draft, I think it's the end of a tier. And I think the drop-off after him is big, mm-hmm. that if I didn't like my pitching, I would take a shot on him. I think I'd rather have Chris Archer than a Verlander. Oh, I would, too. Yeah. Um, I would, too. Yeah, he went two Chris Archer later. is mm-hmm. so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about 11.9 over a period of time. Second, people are worried about the trade rumors. Why are you worried? 
it, it can he, only help. It's traded, he'll be out of the yeah. He'll be out of the American League East. Yeah. Like it's only going to help. Mm-hmm. He could go to the National League. The one positive for Chris Archer is that he pitches in a good pitches ballpark in Tampa. If he goes to say Milwaukee, which we've seen some rumors, yeah, that's a good hitters ballpark. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a, it's a, probably a break even because you go from the American League to the National League, and you get out of the American League East with the Yankees, Red Sox, mm-hmm. and the, even the Baltimore Orioles with some power hitters. Toronto, you have to pitch in. How much credence do you give to these uh, ERA estimators like uh, FIP and XFIP? I mean, because you look at Archer, past couple of seasons, 4.02 ERA, 4.07, but his uh, FIP and XFIP, uh, well under under four. You know, last season, his... Oh, yeah, I, I, I his, definitely do, because mm-hmm. there's other statistics that will go along with it, like you'll see a walk rate, or like I just mentioned, a high strand rate, or mm-hmm. an incredible home run to fly ball ratio that's not repeatable. So I think those all come into play, and you should definitely observe them mm-hmm. uh, because it'll tell you uh, a, a little luck or not. And then, you know, it's weird when I saw Verlander had his high strand rate two years in a row. Mm-hmm. The league average is right around 70%, and he's at 79 both years. Yeah. Uh, as we wind down, uh, and uh, keep on listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got in this league coming up after us, but uh, in oh, round those guys are nuts. Yeah, they are very good stuff too. Um, but round five. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They they they're good. I like them. I would tell people if they sucked. I know you would. Which is which is. You know, <laughs> hey, like I like a straight shooter like you. You know, I like those you know. guys. They, they're they're funny and, mm-hmm. and they're accurate. Yeah, I'll be that's listening. a good combination. Yep, I'll be listening to them on the way home. Uh, Shohei Otani, round five. Uh, oh. what, what do you what do you think about him? I, I like him better I, I as him a pitcher. A yeah, I like him better as a pitcher. Oh yeah, than a yeah, yeah. Obviously. He's not even draftable as a hitter. People, right? right. Well, not, Maybe like, two hundred fifty at bats, if if that many. Two, yeah, unless you play in, unless you play in a daily transaction league. Here's the thing. When people are estimating his strikeouts around 12, mm-hmm. you've got to pay attention. And I would take him ahead of Verlander and Archer. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's only one negative. He's going to pitch every six days. Yeah. So his innings aren't going to be as high as the other guys. Any concern about that uh, that injury that, uh, that no. underlying? I mean, a lot of pitchers supposedly Zero. have this. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. I think it's just one of those things that everybody sees. And, hell, we've been Tanaka, we've been waiting to fall apart for years. Tony, it's been fun. Thanks for uh, keeping me company for three hours. Thanks for listening. In This League is next. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. Take care, guys. Guys. 